So, Harry. Yeah? If you could somehow fake your own death and completely go off grid. If slash when, yeah. If slash when, yeah. What would you do with your newfound anonymity? Okay. Uh, I would predictably probably become a superhero. Become a superhero, I okay. think. I think, okay. That is the, I think that is the biggest problem of the modern superhero, is they've all got the secret identities. Mm-hmm. Why not just have no identity? Just be so, nobody. So fake your own death, and yeah. then you just become... Everyone's uh, like, oh, Batman's Bruce Wayne, of course, it all makes sense, as opposed uh-huh. to Batman's this guy I've never heard of. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Surely that's it. Okay, so what kind of superpowers are you, or superhero activities are you kind of envisioning for yourself here? Well, I'm probably going to go down the more sort of Batman route because, mm. you know, superpowers don't actually exist. So, yeah, sure. you know, it's going to have to mainly be sort of in tactics and You're kind and, of a caped tech. crusader, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that is going to need a lot of money, so I'm probably going to have to do a lot of bank heists first. Okay, so you're going to be a super villain who then turns it around and becomes a superhero. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gives you a bit of moral ambiguity. You like that in a superhero movie, yeah? Yeah. So okay. you know, my aim is to become a superhero, but it's it's just a bit of a bit of a walk to get there. Fair enough. I mean, you do look good in light so. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels, and spin-off ideas to The Rock. We'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing other sequel pitches from our Twitter followers. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the original movie and catch you up with a bit of a plot summary. I'm Harry, the host with the most contrasting haircuts. Contrasting haircuts? Oh, yes, you actually, that's very true. I've gone from long to short many times. You've definitely had moments when you looked as bad, if not worse, than Sean Connery in that week. Yeah. 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 And joining me as always, the host with the most chance of going to jail, it's John Lucas. Already been. (laughs) Just got out this afternoon. Mm -hmm. Um, Lovely. So, The Rock. Mm. Part of our uh, St. Nicholas Cage season. You're so proud of that series name, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And it's good, as you should be. Yeah, this is one that um, has been on my list for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've not seen it in years and years and years. Yeah, but uh, I did remember it being quite fun, and it's kind of, it's considered when people talk about Michael Bay movies. It's directed by Michael Bay, obviously. Mm. Uh, they really, gem- yeah, you can't tell. It's very different <laughs> for him. Well, this is often the one that people who don't like Michael Bay movies say. Well, The Rock was good. They generally, this is generally considered to be his his best movie or his most okay. acceptable movie. Uh, what did you think? Would you agree? Um. I wouldn't say it's miles ahead of all the others, mm-hmm. apart from the actors have charisma. Yeah, I think the, the actors And they have a, chemistry. Absolutely. I think that's a huge part of it, is that the Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery are both fantastic, and mm. they work very well together. Yeah, whereas yeah. so often the actors in Michael Bay movies just don't care. And it's not no. like they're bad actors, just no. in whatever role that is. They're just phoning is. it in, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Under, you know, the, the films aren't famed for their amazing scripts, so no. that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But this one, no, it absolutely works. Mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage is great. He's got just the right amount of Nicolas Cage for this movie. Mm. And Sean Connery, he actually looks like he cares. Yeah, I'm really glad we. <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad we got to do another Sean Connery before we mm. finish up the podcast because I think the only one we've done is Leave Leave Extraordinary Gentleman, Gentleman. which was famously so bad it literally ended his career. He never had to get and he just retired. So So grim. I know. And and this, I I think this is a great Connery showcase. Like he is 
such a movie star, mm-hmm. like so much charisma, like such effortless charisma. Yeah. Like he just is effortlessly cool. Yeah. And him and Cage, weirdly, it's a match. It's one of those weird matches that yeah. could be completely wrong, but it's somehow it mm. just really works. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because for this, for this Nicolas Cage, it's relatively... By Nicolas Cage standards, obviously, it's mm. relatively toned down. And he's mm. not going like the full face off in this, you know. No, no. He, but it's it, it, he's almost sometimes playing the straight man a little bit, but it's it, it's still got just enough weirdness. And there is definitely a lot of weirdness. There's just enough weirdness in it to make it work. And I, mm. yeah, I really like him in this one. I think it's really good. Yeah. This is this was his the film that famously made him into an action star. Like before this, he was mostly like doing weird indie indie films and. You know, no, really, quick, this, quick. This, this is the first one. Yeah, I mean, he'd, he'd done Moonstruck, obviously. So he'd, he'd been in, like, commercial films. He just, mm. He'd just recently won an Oscar for Leaving Las Vegas. Um, you know, he would, he would turn up in random shit like Vampire's Kiss, of course, and, you mm. know, go in the full full cage disparate <laughs> time. But no, this was, like, a big change of pace to put him in an action movie, and then, of course, that was kind of his bread and butter for many years after this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of a big... A, a good fit. Again, I'm surprised that he hasn't done any more Michael Bay movies. I feel like the ridiculousness of Michael Bay... And the ridiculousness of Nicolas Cage. Well, what other of, Michael Bay movies would you have put him in? True, he could have been in Armageddon. He could Armageddon? Have, he could well, have been, uh, as, I guess he would have been the Bruce Willis role, maybe. That would be the only one that would fit for him. Yeah. Or, I mean, probably the parts would be too small, but he'd really fit as one of the, like, weirdo oil riggers. Absolutely you know? he you would, know, yeah, There's yeah. so many weirdos on that, <laughs> on yeah. that oil rig, like the Steve Buscemi role, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, probably too small for him, though. Um, probably yeah. but, i mean he'd make it bigger and he'd kind of steal the show a little bit so yeah, yeah, it yeah. might it might clash mm-hmm. might make armageddon a bad movie yeah transformers is I mean, mark Wahlberg character i've never i've never seen any of the transformers movies but maybe but like yeah i can see why yeah. you wouldn't want to do that yeah and then more recently there was like what was it six underground with ryan reynolds didn't see that either to be fair yeah that was yeah, it was fine yeah, well, maybe this is the secret to reviving Michael Bay's career a little bit. Get him back in with some proper good actors who yeah. are willing to go over the top for him. So. Yeah, but yeah, this was a whole lot of fun. I enjoyed this film pretty much unreservedly. I mm-hmm. thought it was great. I mean, yeah, in in a very Michael Bay way, mm-hmm. but it's kind of it's got all the the elements that make Michael Bay films like a fun kind of guilty pleasure kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I love in movies. Mm-hmm. A car chase in San Francisco. Oh, this film has it all. Because it's the worst place for a car chase <laughs> in the world. Because everything's so slow. <laughs> well, because everything's so like up and down. Mm. Like all, all the hills are so steep. Oh, yeah. It's like all the police cars are just flying. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's fun. It just reminds me of like Shang-Chi as well because they had... Oh, they did. Yeah. I forgot that was based in San Francisco. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, th- this film really gives us all of the all of the cliches in terms of the things you'd expect from Michael Bay film, but mm-hmm. yeah, that, including a very explosive car chase that really doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like a cartoon. Where do we go from there? That's a good question. I have no idea. What? I mean, I'll know when we're all inside. No, you're not goddamn going. Show us on the blueprints. I can't. My blueprint was in my head. I was underground for three days in the dark, just waiting for the tides to be right. But don't worry, it'll all come back to me. You're not going anywhere, Mason. Wait a second. Now this piece of work might be the only chance those people over there have. If he's not going, then why the hell did we get him out of jail? He's smart. I got him out to get you people in, not go with you. If it's the only way of getting the intelligence I need, then he goes. Fuck with you. You compromise my men's lives, and I'll bury you out there. 
Mac. You're between the rock and a hard case. Well, before we jump ahead too much, should we get into the part? Sure, yeah. So, The Rock, released in, I think, 1996-ish, mm-hmm. um, starred Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery, uh, directed by Michael Bay. I believe it was his second major movie after he just did the, he did uh, Bad Boys and then he did this. So, it's okay. still very much his up-and-coming days. Weirdly, I didn't know that Bad Boys was him. Yeah, that was him. Oh, right, and okay. Bad Boys too. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen either of them, to be fair, but... Mm. Uh, Yes, so we don't actually open with Cage or Connery, though. We actually open with the other major star who's in this movie, which is Ed Harris. Yeah, it's ages before we meet anybody else. Yeah, it's, it's a, this one has a really interesting kind of relationship to its villain. Mm. So, yeah, Ed Harris is General Francis Hummel, and he is a very decorated American military mm-hmm. officer who has become disillusioned with the U.S. government after they've kind of mistreated a lot of former soldiers. Like, they've not yeah. given them their dues, they've kind of abandoned them, and not giving them any respect and he he's mm-hmm. he's had enough and we see he's had enough because he has an emotional scene at a grave at his wife's <laughs> grave so, in which his wife's uh, grave it just says his wife yeah that's all <laughs> that's not all a name, it says nothing <laughs> that's literally all he gave us it's just his wife it's, <laughs> that poor woman like yeah. she, she had no individual accomplishment she's just his wife mm-hmm. Uh, he has this emotional scene by the gravestone. He said he, he tells his dead wife that he's got he's got to do it. And he hopes that she'll forgive him, uh, and then he leads a bunch of uh, a bunch of veterans mm-hmm. who's pretty much entirely populated by kind of oh that guy kind of actors. Mm, yeah, um, including we've got uh, Tony Todd, the guy who played the original Candyman, and we had a little cameo in the more recent Candyman movie as well. Yeah, uh, we've got Doctor Cox from Scrubs. He yeah. shows up. And Tuco from Breaking Bad's in the mix there as well. So young and he. So looking so <laughs> young. Yeah. It's one of those, like, oh, it's that guy. And then being like, I'm so proud of myself for getting that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it took me a while. Yeah. Dr. Cox really looks exactly the same. Yeah, he <laughs> he's doesn't just, he? It's like fully 20 years ago, but <laughs> yeah, 30 years ago. But yeah, he's got one of those faces, I guess. Uh, yeah, so he leads this gang of ex-military soldiers, embittered ex-soldiers. Uh, and steals some highly toxic gas-loaded missiles. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, during the raid, one of his soldiers does drop a little ball of this gas, and mm-hmm. his entire face melts. Yeah. So we get a, a little glimpse of what this this gas can do. Mm-hmm. It literally melts your face. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, we do need to get into his motivation and mm-hmm. his plan. Yeah. Um, it's so flawed. It's flawed. <laughs> very, very flawed. So his motivation is that, like okay, the government, you're not taking care of veterans very well. You're not mm-hmm. giving them their proper retirement. You're not looking after the families of like uh, dead soldiers or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not okay what you're doing. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going <laughs> to break into a facility and I'm not just like taking out guards by like knocking them out or something. Mm. No, no, no. Me and my men, we're going to shoot loads of people mm-hmm. and kill lots of people. Actually, you, that's where you're wrong. He doesn't because he does get one live dialogue where he says, these darts are going to wear off soon. Does he? It's, yeah, it's very fast acting. Oh, I missed yeah. that. Okay. Very fast acting um, well, sedatives. Yeah. Okay, okay. But regardless, <laughs> yeah. because his his ultimate plan after, you know, darts off bullets or whatever that was, yeah. um, he's, you know, commanding this team of men who all seem so eager to kill a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every member of that team does, mm-hmm. which we'll get to later. Um, but yeah, his ultimate plan is to steal these bioweapons and unleash them on San Francisco, yeah. on just millions of civilians. It would cause hundreds of thousands of people to die, yeah, if yeah. not millions, yeah. And so that, then that will show the government that, like, take care of your vets. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> well, he's hoping to blackmail them. He's hoping he doesn't have to do it, because he's, he's, he's hoping that by blackmailing the government, they, they will give him $100 million, <laughs> which I just thought was very Doctor Evil-ish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 
he wants that. He wants a hundred million dollars from the American government, which he will then distribute among his soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll give them a million dollars each. So mm-hmm. that's what he's doing. So yeah, they take this t- highly toxic gas and then they invade the island prison of Alcatraz, mm-hmm. uh, the highly falsified island prison of Alcatraz, um, and they take over it and they take about I think they say eighty-one hostages. Yeah, because Alcatraz is in this movie. Uh, it's a tourist attraction now. Yeah, it's, which I believe it is. Yeah, I think it is as well. Yes, yeah. so it's a closed prison. It's, it's, a, it's just got a load of tourists wandering around it. So he takes 81 hostages, locks them up in the prison, in the, in the jail cells, mm-hmm. and then him and his men take over the prison and inform the US Army of their intentions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is when we are introduced to uh, Nicolas Cage, mm. who works for the FBI, uh, but not on the field. He's not like a field agent. He is a chemical weapons experty person we get like a scene that kind of shows what he's good at when him and his co-worker they kind of have to they have to both disarm a bomb and survive a gas leak at the same time well there's like a crate that is uh suspicious for some reason and they open it up and it's got like some toys in it and the other guy just starts playing with the toys the other guy is so unprofessional yeah like you you know you know what you're expecting. Yeah, I mean, you're expecting this crate to have like a bomb or something in it. Um, I love that it had both. Yeah, <laughs> a gas leak and a bomb. Just just <laughs> yeah. So like this toy starts spurting lots of gas, which instantly starts very slowly melting their suits. But like mm. you know they've not got long. Yeah, they got some cockroaches in just like a plastic jar, just as like test animals basically. Yeah. They all explode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very subtle. It's all yeah. very subtle in this film. Yeah. Um, and uh, the other guy who was being silly, he's really, really panicking. And they're like, you need to get this needle and stick it into your heart. And then like, there's a bomb going off as well. Mm. And Nicolas Cage is defusing the bomb. And they're like, Nicolas Cage, you need to stick yourself in the heart with this needle or else you're going to pass out from all the poison. And if you pass out, then the bomb's going to go off and we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, no, nah, I'm going to defuse this bomb. I'm Nicolas Cage. Meh. It's like they've had no preparation for this eventuality, which is yeah. a highly likely eventuality when their entire job is like, Defusing bombs it's and investigating gas literally leaks. Literally, what they're expecting. Yeah. So they would have done drills for this and they, like, like, multiple times every day. They are running around like headless chickens. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, the other, like Nicolas Cage is at least trying to defuse the bomb, and he does. Yeah. But the other guy is like, what? What training has he had? Why is he there? Mm. He's a, he's a tra- he's a complete train wreck. Yeah. And I love how these the scientists outside the little glass cage that they're in just just one of them just leans just leans back and goes. Well, we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so defeatist. Yeah. And like, they're not hiding or anything. No, no, they're no. just sort of sitting there. Yeah. Oh. But of course, with seconds to spare, he manages to defuse the bomb. Which needs to be the theme of this season. So definitely. I mean, you're going into a Nicolas Cage action movie <laughs> season. You're going to see a lot of bombs going down to like second one. Yeah. That's just half of the course. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah, so he does that. Uh, he manages to defuse the bomb and save the lab from the gas leak. So we see he's a very good professional chemical weapons expert. Uh, and then smash cut to him nude playing guitar in his flat, just 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 for no reason. I bet that no, that Michael Bay did not ask him to do that. Oh no, that was surely all Cage, mm. all Cage for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand why. Yeah, he's, he's just <laughs> naked playing his guitar, he's just chilling. Play. He, he loves the Beatles. He, he, he announces that he's a Beatle maniac very early on. Yeah, I was wondering when that was going to come back. Yeah, and it never did. It doesn't really. No, and it made it such a random scene to have. Yeah, and like, oh yeah, I've just paid like five hundred dollars for this. Uh, this original vinyl of the of the first Beatles album. I'm mm. like, okay, what's this? What's it's this? Char- made it's of? building character. It's what character him- though? No, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I, that may well have also been a Nicolas Cage invention, you know, just like mm. give his character some weird quirk. 
Yeah, Did but he just discover the Beatles for the first time in the nineties, and he's like, you, "You guys, you need to hear this band." Like, very possibly. Yeah. I mean, he famously like is obsessed with Elvis Presley. They're a bit underground, I know, but yeah. like, trust me, yeah. listen to these guys. You'll get on board. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but he's playing his guitar, and he learns that his girlfriend is pregnant. Mm-hmm. So that is gives he even him some playing sp- a Beatles track on the guitar. On the guitar. I, I don't know if Nicolas Cage can play guitar. He just seems to be just like. <laughs> He's strumming it a little bit. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, he's he's mostly used, mostly just using it as a very uncomfortable looking way to hide his wang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he finds out his girlfriend is pregnant, and then she kind of forces him to propose to her, or kind of yeah. Mm. He, so has, now, he, he has a really bad reaction to it. He doesn't react terribly well to it, but uh, he yeah. comes around, I guess. Yeah. But then he gets called into the FBI offices uh, in San Francisco mm-hmm. uh, to deal with this crisis that Ed Harris has unleashed upon the world. So he goes to San Francisco and the FBI kind of debrief him on what's going on. And then they pair him up with, they decide to enlist John Mason, mm-hmm. who is the Sean Connery character, who is the only prisoner ever to have escaped from Alcatraz successfully. Yeah. So what they're thinking is he can get them into, and by them, I mean him, Nicholas Cage and a SWAT team, mm-hmm. get them into Alcatraz through the labyrinthine tunnels underneath it, get them in and they can go in and take it back and defuse and Nicholas Cage can defuse all the chemical weapons. That's the mm-hmm. plan. Basically. Uh, unfortunately, Sean Connery has been locked up for 30 odd years and is in no particular hurry to cooperate with them. So they offer him a full pardon, but yeah. there's, there's, there's this like really one of the FBI agents is like this very like villainous kind of guy who's just like mm-hmm. hates him and was the, the original one who arrested him. And it's like, mm-hmm. who immediately rips up the pardon. So, you know, that they're not going to honor this at all. Uh, so yeah, he demands a full pardon and a suite in the Fairmount Hotel, a mm-hmm. big fancy hotel in San Francisco. So they give him all that. So they, they take him to the hotel where he then gets, uh, we, we're introduced to him and he's got this crazy long hair. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a crazy wig. He's just mm-hmm. like, you know, looking like a proper, like straggly hair. Maybe he's been in a prison cell for 30 years. So yeah. He looks, he looks a mess. Yeah. And then he get he goes to the Fairmount Hotel where he is given a haircut by a aggressive, absurd, homosexual stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> This was deeply offensive. <laughs> this was Michael Bay loves a stereotype, but he my does, God, yes. like, this was something else. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was not great at all. So yeah, th- th- this mincing stereotype gives him a haircut, and it's like I love how it just like cuts away for a moment, and he's got like his straggly mm-hmm. gray hair. Cuts back, he's 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 like Pete Connery. Yeah, he's looking sharp as fuck. Mm-hmm. Right? Wearing yeah. a suit and everything. Wearing his, yeah, he's in his, he's in his James Bond tuxedo. Mm-hmm. He's looking great. But then he engineers a uh, an escape for himself. So he manages to, he flings one, he flings the evil FBI agent over the roof and like dangles him for ages, mm-hmm. and then uses the distraction to escape. And then then we get the big car chase. Well, we get the last of the gay stereotype mm-hmm. who uh, who says, "I don't know anything about you. I don't care. Just just I just want to know one thing. Did you like your haircut?" <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. <laughs> okay, I don't want to know nothing. I never saw you throw that gentleman off the balcony. All I care about is, are you happy with your But yeah, he, he then escapes into That's something. That's how we see you. That's how, exactly, that is how Michael Bay is. <laughs> Isn't it funny, gay? <laughs> That's literally what it is. It's like it's, yeah, he has the sense of humor of a 12-year-old boy, essentially. Yes, yes, yeah. he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then then we get the big San Francisco car chase with Nicolas Cage chasing. And this this car chase is completely ludicrous as well. Like, <laughs> it has everything. It, it, it has everything. There's a, a little old lady crossing a road who just mm-hmm. narrowly avoids. There's so, and then they, they, like, wheel out some 
wheelchair people, like people riding in their mm-hmm. wheelchairs, like everything that could possibly be thrown in front of these there's moving trucks. A, a tram gets involved. A, there's a tra- of course there's a tram that explodes, but mysteriously yeah. the driver is unharmed. <laughs> Why did the tram explode? Trams are electric. It explodes because, <laughs> because Michael Bay. Yeah. yeah. Everything explodes. If you touch something, it explodes in a Michael mm-hmm. Bay movie. Yeah, there's a there's a giant tram explosion, and then the guy who was driving the tram mm. just kind of walks up in, up to the burning wreckage. It just goes, "God damn it!" It's like, yeah, where did you go? Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, also no passengers on this tram, or, unless they all just died. Well, they were all jumping off. There was, ah, okay. Like the tram was going a high speed down a very steep hill, and all the passengers mm. are just jumping off and rolling out of the way. Yeah. There was a surprising lack of death in this. Yeah, it is one of those things where he, Sean Connery has cl- this. This whole scene is treated as like, oh, oh, Sean, you know, mm. bit of a lark. But in, in reality, he has killed many people. Yeah. There's no question. Yeah. The damage yeah. he has caused is un, incalculable. <laughs> but it turns out he's not really trying to escape. It really would have changed the movie if like just one person had died. In yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but it turns out what he's actually doing, he's not trying to escape necessarily. He's trying to track down his daughter, mm-hmm. who is not 33 years old. She seems like a teenager or like early 20s. Does she? I didn't think she seemed that old, but he's been locked up for 33 odd years. So I'm, I'm, I'm unsure, oh, yeah. but I'm unsure when she was conceived. Maybe he had mm. a, a brief breakout. I don't know. But she recognizes, she recognizes him anyway. Uh, and he kind of reconnects with her. And mm. Nicolas Cage catches him, but kind of on the fly lies to him and lies for him. Sorry. On the fly lies for him and tells her that he's actually working for the FBI. He's, he's not broken out of jail again. Yeah. He's working for the FBI and he's legit. And this kind of wins Sean Connery's grudging respect. He's like, thank you for making me look good in front of my daughter. So mm-hmm. that, that, that's the start of their little connection that they've got there. Now that Nicholas Cage has brought Sean Connery back into the fold, the SWAT team assembles and they break into Alcatraz. And the idea is that they have to break in through the, the tunnel system underneath. And then Sean Connery has a, mem- has a memory of how it all fits together because he had obviously escaped it many years before. So mm. they have to really trust him to guide them through. Uh, so they get on there, and almost immediately, the entire SWAT team is massacred. Yep. Yeah, there's just a big old shootout, <laughs> uh, and Ed Harris's men just just completely wipe them out, mm-hmm. including mm. Fabrizio from Titanic. Who now? Fabrizio from Titanic. He's the young one who, like, you know, the one who the, Nicholas... the, the one who, who Leo's playing poker with at the start. Yes, Fabri- you know who Fabrizio is in Titanic. Uh, yeah. Well, it's been a while. Yeah, the, 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 it's a me, a Fabrizio, that guy. You know, the one, the one who. <laughs> The one, okay. the, the one with the Super Mario accent who gets crushed by the boat tunnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I remember him now. And in this one, he's the younger uh, soldier, who's the one who's like down in the, the tunnel. One, the one who gets shot in the head and yeah. then like fall, falls back down. Yes, the one who Nicolas Cage is like, don't go up there because they're all yeah. clearly getting massacred. And mm-hmm. he, he does because he's got some sense of bravery in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that, I, think, I feel like if Fabrizio shows up in your movie, he's, he's always going to die. In, Aww. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have the best luck, that actor. He always gets, yeah. seems to get killed off. Um, yes. I mean, this came out, what, like 96 or something? Yeah. So James Cameron was watching this thinking, that guy's good at that. He, he dies well, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, so all the soldiers get wiped out with the exception of Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage. Now they're the only two left. Um, Ed Harris, by the way, is horrified that the soldiers have all been killed because he, mm-hmm. he didn't want that. He, he yeah. didn't want that to happen. But uh, there was obviously, you know, his, his, his crew were a lot more trigger happy than he would like them to be, I, think, mm-hmm. I guess. So now it's just Cage and Connery. They're the last two left alive. Um, and we learn at some point, because it's not really clear at the beginning, they're all a bit cagey about why exactly Sean Connery's been locked up for 35 years. Oh, I think we just skipped over a pun. What? He said, mm, cagey. Yeah. You a bit cagey. Yeah. I don't, that, unintentional pun. Unintentional. <laughs> um, yeah, but the, the whole, the, the FBI have been very cagey about like why he was locked up. And, but at this point, we, we get a reveal that he, 
he was a British secret agent mm -hmm. and he was arrested by the Americans when he stole a bunch of files revealing top American government secrets, mm -hmm. including who really killed JFK. Yeah. And uh, this film just casually drops in that aliens exist. Yeah. Because it's just like, oh, and, and the <laughs> alien invasion in Roswell, which again is never mentioned again. But yeah, just, no, it's... Just puts out there, aliens are walking among us in this movie. So, yeah. All right, you want to know? 1962, J. Edgar Hoover is head of the FBI, some say the country. It's no secret he kept microfilm files of prominent Americans and Europeans, De Gaulle, British members of parliament, even the prime minister. I mean, this guy had dirt on everybody in the world. Yeah, I know all the cloak and dagger stories. Where does Mason fit in? Mason was the British operative who stole the files, but our bureau agents caught him at the Canadian border. Of course, the British claimed they'd never heard of him. And we held him without trial until he gave up the microfilm. But he never did. Well, I'm surprised Hoover didn't use his daughter as leverage. Hoover was dead in 72. She wasn't born yet. Today, well, it's a different bureau. So you held this guy without trial his whole life. No wonder he's pissed. This man knows our most intimate secrets from the last half century. The alien landing at Roswell, the truth about the JFK assassination. And Mason's angry. He's lethal. He's a trained killer. And he is the only hope that we have got. Uh, but anyway, so Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery, they start working together to disarm the rockets because there's like five rockets spread out through Alcatraz mm. and each one contains these green baubles of death that make your face mm -hmm. melt. And also they've got like a guidance chip in each one that yeah. means that when the missile is launched, it will hit its target. Mm -hmm. So what they need to get, do is find each missile and get rid of the guidance chip. So they start working their way through and doing that. Obviously, they keep getting caught by the SWAT team, and there's many a fight and an action scene. There's a mine shaft race, which is very exciting. Yeah, yeah that's fun. Which would absolutely have killed them both. Absolutely, it would. The way they get like flung about flung against about, like yeah. hard metal surfaces. They get they literally drive through a bunch of wood, and yeah. it's just like not even scratched, <laughs> not even scratched. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, Sean Connery gets to say, "I'm too old for this." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and they set... They set it just really felt like a Disney ride. It really... It did. It did. I was kind of like, I'd, I'd like to go on a safer version of this. Like, yeah. it feels like <laughs> something... Yeah, absolutely. The They're breaking through, like, soft wood walls and, like, uh, Nicolas Cage is dangling from the ceiling in a cart. Sean Connery's upside down by his ankles, but he still manages to save the day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's all good. It's a good... It's it's a fun... It's a fun bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dr. Cox, they, they set Dr. Cox on fire, so he's dead. I mean, I don't think he is. Like, they, they set that guy, they set that guy's boots on fire. Mm -hmm. He's on fire for a very brief second. Then he falls about 10 meters and lands in deep water. Mm -hmm. He's fine. He's never seen again. Well, true. But like, sure, he might have some burns on his legs or something. But he landed in water. Mm -hmm. The fire's out. It's a soft landing. He's fine. Okay, are you working Dr. Cox into your sequel somehow? I wasn't planning on it, but... Okay, well, the, the door is open, I guess. For all intents and purposes, he's dead. He wasn't a particularly big character. I mean, if he, yeah, yeah, he, he wasn't a big character, so that's why he doesn't come back. But if he was bigger, I'd be like, I didn't see a body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're running around disarming all of the rockets and running into various henchmen and having all kinds of shenanigans. Mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile, the government are trying to string Ed Harris along and kind of buy more time and give him false promises and stuff. And it becomes very clear that he's actually not, he's, he's bluffing and he's yeah. not actually willing to cause this massacre. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, it makes his negotiating, his negotiating power is pretty limited because it's mm -hmm. pretty clear very quickly that he's not actually got the balls to do it. Mm -hmm. 
until eventually there's a mutiny. Well, well they, they launch one rocket, don't they? Mm. And then at the last minute, he changes his mind and, and D- disarms dumps it. Dumps it in the sea. So yeah, it dumps it in the sea, yeah. yeah. So just some poor dolphins get nuked instead, I guess. <laughs> te- yeah, this film does not touch on the terrible toll on the, the coral reef or, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 those I mean, chemicals. yeah, like this, this chemical weapon, is it definitely safe that it's been disposed of in water? It like, doesn't seem to be. It seems incredibly dangerous. Because that could, like, water evaporates. Yes. And like, you know, the risk is hundreds of thousands of people die mm-hmm. and they all melt. Yeah. What if there was somebody sailing by just, just there? Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. The ecological impact is uh, incalculable, I think. Mm. But yeah, so he, he, at the last minute, he bails out and he diverts the missile so it lands in the water. And then there's a mutiny and he gets killed by his own soldiers, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. So then now these are these remaining soldiers, they really do want to launch the remaining rockets. And so mm-hmm. I think there's like one rocket left. So it's like race against town to get to this last rocket. Mm-hmm. So then we get a few more. We get we get the great scene with Todd Terry, the Candyman guy. He gets oh, yeah. an amazing death. Yeah. <laughs> so he confronts Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. and they're having a, back, a whole back and forth with like knives and guns and all this stuff. Yeah. And then Nicolas Cage is standing across from him and says, hey, let's talk about music. What's your favorite, uh, what do you think of that Elton John song, Rocket Man? Mm. I don't like that sissy shit. (laughs) He's like, well, the reason I ask is, uh, this is the most Nicolas Cage, it's you. You're the Rocket Man. (laughs) And he just fires fires the missile into his chest, like Mm -hmm. a full-sized missile. Mm -hmm. He is, not only is he carried through the broken window mm-hmm. on him, is shot out on the missile. Then he falls off the missile, impales himself on a, mm-hmm. on a spike, on a big metal spike, and then dies. Yeah. It's a action death for it. This is how you want to go. If you're going to be in an action movie and get killed, mm-hmm. you want something like this. You know what they should have done? Mm-hmm. The only way this could have been better uh-huh. is if instead of it being a Beatles album that he's obsessed with at the very start. It was an Elton John. Make it an Elton John album. Mm. I think then he just it, generally likes British rock and roll. I don't care. Make it an Elton John album because then yeah. that would have really tied it together. That would have t- you're right. If it in been such like... a stupid way. Like it would have been so much commitment for just like a line, a quip. Yeah, because it is a long ro- that, that that quip is it's a long walk to that. You're but I'd love it if it was longer. <laughs> True. No, you're right. If if, if the album he'd like un- unwrapped at the beginning of the film had been like Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, yeah. that would have been much better. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that the one with the Rocket Man on it? I don't know, but it's his famous one. Okay, it's the one with Goodbye Yellow Brick Road on it. So. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh. You know. Listen, I think we got started off on the wrong foot. Stand good speed, FBI. Uh, let's talk music. Do you like the Elton John song, Rocket Man? I don't like soft-ass shit. Oh, you don't? Well, I only bring it up because, uh, it's you. You're the Rocket Man. How do you like how that shit works? Yeah, so he gets killed. Then there's another soldier. They're all quite anonymous. There's another soldier who gets into a fight with Nicolas Cage, and Nicolas Cage shoves a chemical ball into his mouth so his face mm-hmm. melts from the inside mm-hmm. and then we get like Nicolas Cage does inject himself in the heart with the antidote thing mm-hmm. of, was he just carrying that yeah oh okay fair enough it just yeah. occurred to me now that why, why did he have that okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean sure I don't know like it was obviously gonna happen it was very much a Chekhov school moment yes it was so he does that he, man- he manages to shove the chemical thing into the guy's face and then he manages to disarm the last of the rockets unfortunately while he's doing that the American government mm-hmm. have signed off on just bombing Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. They're just realizing that they've lost control of the situation. Mm. They've decided to sacrifice the 81 hostages and mm-hmm. Cage and Connery and just like nuke it. Just, yeah. just bomb it to smithereens. Well, not nuke it. Not but... nuke it, but bomb it to smithereens. Yeah. yeah. So they're sending all their fighter jets to fire missiles on Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. So Nicholas Cage, he's got 
literally seconds to survive, injecting himself in his own heart, mm-hmm. stand up, disarm the missile, and then send a signal out to the soldiers that uh, yeah, to, like, to call like it off. he waves some green flares or something, which is which they previously mentioned means it's okay. Yeah, 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 sure. And they take that on good faith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And yeah, and, and well, there's one one explosion goes goes off before. The yeah, end. one of the planes has already let a missile loose, like at the yeah. very last second. It's all very last second thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's the pilots clearly weren't briefed on this green flares thing. It's yeah. somebody with binoculars looking from a very different angle yeah. who looks. They see green flares. They radio that back to their controller, who radios it to the government, presumably not in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and then they radio it to the army, who then radio it to the pilot. Mm-hmm. It really feels like such a long walk to just yeah. be like. <laughs> You can't be terribly reactive in that. Yeah. No. There's a lot of chains of communication that could very easily break. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, just watch someone have bad signal. Yeah. Well, it gets us where we need to be, which is that Nicolas Cage <laughs> is flung into the air. I love, I love these ridiculous rockets. I know. That yeah. don't actually do anything. No. <laughs> He's flung into the air, lands in the water, miraculously alive and well. Mm-hmm. So the day has been saved. He tells the government that Sean Connery has been kill- killed, even though he hasn't been, just mm-hmm. so that Sean Connery can can get away and live his life and see his daughter again. So yeah. Sean Connery thanks him. Well, I like that one of the people from the from the army or whatever, like somebody pretty official, says to Nicholas Cage, like, can a missile really do that? Like obliterate a person? That's it. He claims that he's, Sean and Connery and, was vaporized. Yeah, not yeah. In the body, yeah. Yeah, and like and, and Nicholas Cage is like, yeah. <laughs> that, like that's all he's got to say. Just like, yeah, in my scientific opinion as a bomb disposal expert, like, yeah. Yes, a person can be vaporized, yes. <laughs> but, but also, it's such a ridiculous question to ask. Like, yeah, yeah like, why not? What do you think those bombs were going to do? Yeah. yeah. Did he not want them to vaporize everything on the island? <laughs> he wanted to see Connery's body, though. He didn't like him. He didn't see a body. He didn't, he didn't die. Exactly. Well, he didn't die. So, yeah, so as a thank you, uh, Sean Connery leaves Nicolas Cage with the information about where, to tr- where he can access the secret files that he stole all those years ago. Mm-hmm. Also, did you notice that he randomly like teleported in this scene? No. So he's he's saying his last goodbyes to Nicolas Cage, Sean Connery, mm-hmm. and then he kind of casually strolls off, like off off camera, mm. and then Nicolas Cage looks at it for like a second, and then he turns around, and Sean Connery's on the entirely other side of the complex. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like how fast is he moving? <laughs> he's an old man. <laughs> but yeah, so. Sean Connery goes off, disappears to live his best life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicholas Cage marries his girlfriend mm-hmm. and they go on an ad- adventure to Canada where they steal the secret file. Yeah. And it ends with Nicholas Cage going, hey, honey, do you want to know who ki- really killed JFK? <laughs> and boom, yep. credits. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's The Rock. It's the Rock. It's a fun time. It's a yeah, fun, it's... fun action movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good. Uh, do you want to do drinking games? Yes, I have a lot. So first off, Drink for an explosion. Drink for an explosion. Absolutely, yeah. That How does also not? include the title credits. <laughs> oh yes, which is the rock spelt out in explosions. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is a very Michael Bay. It's thing. it's all very Michael Bay. Yeah. yeah. So no, absolutely. Drink for every explosion. That will uh, that will kill you. I had drink every time there's a cartoonish side character. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the hairdresser is a, a yeah. kind of a peak of this, but also every black character seems to speak only in like black stereotypes <laughs> yeah there's a lot of like yeah just just a lot of motherfuckers and yeah it's just it's just yeah very very broadly drawn should mm-hmm. we say yeah drink for a death drink for a death not as many yeah there's not loads not loads which, but when which, they happen which, they really happen yeah yeah and there's some oh there's some really good creative kills as well mm. so obviously we've talked about the um Candyman guy mm-hmm. who gets the best send off there's another guy who sean connery wraps the 
wraps a metal chain around his neck, mm-hmm. which is attached to a giant st- a giant rock, mm-hmm. and then he drops the rock down a well, so the guy's yeah. head gets pulled off. That's Basically, pretty, yeah. That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> Very brutal, mm-hmm. and of course the other guy whose face melts from the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's some there's some good old deaths in this. Mm. Drink every time you feel slightly queasy. Okay, I don't know if this was just me. I felt like this movie was going to give me a seizure because <laughs> the shots are so uh, there's so many quick cut, quick cuts and flashes, especially in the action sequences. It's just nothing. It's just like so, it was like flickering in front of my eyes. I was like, well, I was going to say drink also for uh, Michael Bayisms. Well, that, that's I know that's um, a huge Michael Bayism, which, which is not just explosions, but like it's always like a very glistening sunny day. Everyone's just yeah. a little bit sweaty mm-hmm. and everything's a little bit orange. He, and I noticed that a lot of the shots are from, from eye level. or mm-hmm. No, sorry, from below eye level. Yeah. Like a meter off the ground or something. So it's always looking up at people walking. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it, it's his thing, man. It, it, it looks very sort of heroic. Yes. I think is, I think is the point. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously drink for that really good shot, which is a very Michael Bay thing, where the camera is panning around Nicolas Cage as he st- stands up from crouching in slow motion. Mm-hmm. That is a very... Oh, yeah. I feel like I've seen that in every Michael Bay movie. Sure. It's the most famous shot in Bad Boys as well, which I've I've now realized. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of other things you'll see in every single Michael Bay movie, drink for the American flag. Oh, yes. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Yeah. I was was thinking that when I watched it, but I forgot to write it down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, speaking of things from other movies, Mm -hmm. what do you think of the music in this? It was exactly what I expected it to be. It was very bombastic, Mm -hmm. very patriotic sounding, very loud. Yeah. Well, it's by Hans Zimmer. Oh, I had all those. I did actually put that drink for a guitar sting, actually. Those like oh, yeah. guitar stings. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Well, when it's not doing guitar stings, it's doing what is. So the the score of Gladiator mm-hmm. and the score of this, if you put them together, mm-hmm. they make the score of Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, you, I remember you talked about this on another episode. On the right? Gladiator On the Gladiator episode, episode yes. Yeah, Five years ago. Yeah. It <laughs> um, stuck with me, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, like the music is the same. <laughs> it's bizarre there are, there are some there's, there's a few chords in this that like oh my god that was literally the Pirates of the Caribbean theme tune mm-hmm. it's really weird and it's uh, like Hans Zimmer is an amazing composer yeah but he's used the same score for three very different <laughs> movies it's very strange hey get that money get I mean he's done a lot more stuff than just that one yeah, score yeah, yeah, that sure. he's reused but like mm-hmm. He's really used the score. Like, imagine if John Williams just used like the Star the v- versions of the Star Wars theme tune for like Harry Potter. Sure, yeah. And stuff. Like, uh, he, you, he just wouldn't get away with it. Are you saying that you think Gladiator, The Rock, and Pirates of the Caribbean are a stealth trilogy? I think they are. There might be some secret connections there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Worth exploring. Yeah. Drink every time Nicolas Cage does not swear. Did you notice this? This is an interesting little. Thing. I did. I did notice this. He yeah. well, he did, he doesn't swear. He just he always says things like "gee whiz" or "golly, golly, yeah, golly gosh." Like, <laughs> it's so strange. <laughs> I I, I kind of like it as a character choice because he is playing like the nervous, nerdy kind of guy. So mm. I like this. I guess he's just a guy who doesn't like swearing. But yeah, it tickled me. Yeah, yeah basically. Drink whenever somebody says "the rock." Yes, yes, I had that one. The rock. Yeah. Drink for military masturbation. <laughs> Another Michael Bay cliche. He does love a soldier, mm-hmm. and so this this movie really fetishizes the soldiers. And I, I did think, what did you think of Ed Harris as a villain? Like, he was really he said good. It, I mean, he, he very often plays a villain. True, yeah, um, yeah, he's great. Mm. I thought it was quite interesting that like the way it kind of sets it up. It's like he's kind of a sympathetic character in many ways. Mm. Like he, his obviously his his. Um, his approach, uh, you know, potentially massacring people is is not good. Mm-hmm. But his 
reason for doing it is it's not like it, it's not like he's just a generic supervillain who wants to no. take get he's a little do, money. He's doing it for a good cause. Yeah, exactly. It's so it's, it's kind of an interesting. I feel like the movie doesn't give it as quite as much kind of gravitas as, as maybe a more serious director would. But I think mm. it's interesting having that kind of setup where Nicolas Cage is kind of working for the bad guys because the American mm. government are very are painted very unflatteringly in this movie. Yeah, it's quite true. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and he, he's this like morally conflicted guy and then he kind of pays the price for it at the end. So, mm. but yeah, there's a lot of stuff in this that is just like all about the army. Like very, like the, when he's when he's going off on the, when Ed Harris is going off on that government employee who's like, how old are you, son? Mm. I'm 33. You weren't even born when I was fighting for this country. And wah, 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 <laughs> America is number one. Like mm. there's a lot of that, which yeah. is a bit tiresome, but. Yeah, yeah. And that is in all Michael Bay movies. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's the thing. He loves the army. Mm. Yeah. And he's a bit of a conspiracy theorist. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Drink anytime somebody talks about Nicolas Cage's surname. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. We didn't talk about the names. So. Is, it, is it like Johnny Goodspeed? Johnny Goodspeed, I believe. Yeah. Well, it's something what a, Goodspeed. Yeah. It is, yeah. What a ridiculous name. Stanley Goodspeed. Dr. Stan- Stanley Goodspeed. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Goodspeed. Goodspeed. Yeah. Because we're all like, oh, yeah, it's derived from Godspeed. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I hadn't worked that one out. Okay. Um, Yeah. I I don't know why it was such a a conversation topic. I know, yeah. They may as well have made his surname Elton John. That would have been more on top. Yeah, if his name was like Reg Dwight, that'd be really funny. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then don't even acknowledge it. Just make make him obsessed with with Elton John and his real name. And and his character is called Reg Dwight. And just just, Mm -hmm. like, if you know, you know. know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That would have been weird and fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think my last one is drink every time a woman speaks. Nice. Uh, my last one is drink every time you see the poison. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Which happens more often than yours. Oh, those green. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Those, those little green marbles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one more from me. Drink for stupid dialogue. <laughs> drink, or just memorable quote. Quotable dialogue. Drink for quotable dialogue. Some of it's mm-hmm. pretty good, but yeah. there are some great quotes in this movie yeah that definitely bear repeating uh one of my favorite like classic michael bay kind of things is that he doesn't really care to make things too technical mm. there's a line early on where the the fbi government director guy says mr womack who's our best chemical biological man because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're called yeah yeah i also like uh, <laughs> chemical biological man. chemical biological man not it's, even scientist chemical biological man he's biochemist so difficult exactly people know that word yes <laughs> i also like it uh, when sean connery is having debate with ed harris when he gets mm-hmm. captured at one point and he says oh, looks like you're between a rock and a hard case <laughs> <laughs> uh. obviously we've got the nicholas cage uh, rocket man speech when he kills the candy man mm-hmm. Oh, I really like, that. this is actually quite a good one. Really made me laugh. When Sean Connery walks into a room and there's a soldier and he just flings a knife through the soldier's throat, kills yep. instantly. And he just, without missing a beat, Sean Connery just goes, you must never hesitate. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, and Which like, Nicolas Cage does not take to heart. Because every time know. he like, he's close to killing someone, he has to line up like a really long walk to a equ- to a quip. Yes. Yeah. He, he very much hesitates. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait, wait, right there. No, just a little bit to the left. All right. Let me tell you this fact about Elton John. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly his madness. <laughs> and then I also liked it when, um, this, this, this is a very, very Michael Bay line. Uh, there's a point when Sean Connery says, losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. oh, dear. Dear me, dear me. Michael Bay. Oh, what is he like? You sure you're ready for this? I'll do my best. 
your best. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Um, right, do you want to do your sequel? Yeah, do you want me to go first? Or? Yeah. Okay, great. So my sequel, uh, it picks up some years after the original movie ends, maybe 20 years, it doesn't really matter. Um, I feel like Nicolas Cage, obviously at the end of the original movie, he learned all of the government's terrible secrets, including who shot JFK and mm-hmm. what happened with the aliens on Roswell, apparently, mm-hmm. all this stuff. Um, and because of he's got all this information, he's actually spent the last 20 years in hiding, terrified of being taken in by the government, like of being mm-hmm. assassinated or something. So he's just he, so he's become a bit of a crazy old man recluse, basically, which I think is a character that Nicolas Cage could play very well, you yes. know, like a conspiracy theorist as well, you know. Absolutely. Over the past 20 years, he's pretty much dropped off the radar because he's just kind of been living his very quiet life and trying to stay out of the spotlight, basically. Mm-hmm. But suddenly he becomes hot property again. He becomes a wanted man once again when it emerges that somebody is leaking the government secrets from the file. Mm-hmm. All the things the government have been trying to bury for the past 30 years are now being leaked to the public one by one. Right. And so obviously the suspicion falls on him. He's the only one who has this information. So mm-hmm. now he's back to being top priority and the FBI do in fact hunt him down and dispatch some of their best agents to neutralize him. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's confronted by some FBI agents who break into his house. And there'll be a SWAT team, there'll be a chase, but he does get captured. Uh, but before they can kill him, he kind of begs and pleads and he, he swears that it's not him. He swears he's not shared anything. He's not even looked at those files in years. He doesn't yeah. want any trouble. And the FBI reluctantly believe him and they do some more investigations and they realize that actually Cage can't be the leaker. The sources that are picking up this information, they don't, there's no... There's no trail back to him. So there's, there's gotta be something else. So they say, well, it's, it, it, if it's not you, then it must be, it must be Mason. Mason must be leaking these things. Mm. And so, yeah, Nicholas Cage reluctantly admits that Mason did not in fact die on Alcatraz and he's, right, okay. he, he, he's um, still around. He, he is still around. So the FBI start hunting him down as well, but it turns out that he has actually died. Right. He, right. he died of natural causes several years before. Mm-hmm. However, there is one more suspect that mm-hmm. hasn't been investigated mason had a brother ah. so nicholas cage is dispatched to scotland mm-hmm. to track down the brother mm-hmm. and the reason they send him is this <laughs> like i loved it in the original movie when they were like well i i, I couldn't talk to sean, sean connery um how about you pretend to be an fbi agent for yeah us? it's that kind of logic yeah yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm using very similar logic for this sequel yeah. Not, nothing really makes sense but just 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 yeah. go with it yeah. sorry we've got no one else everyone else is busy uh mm. why don't you just do this well the the, the very this thin... very extremely important thing that takes probably years of training yeah well my slim bit of justification is that they send nicholas cage because they feel like he's the only person that Mason ever trusted, Sean yeah. Connery ever trusted. So maybe they can use him to kind of draw out the brother, and and then they'll be able to capture him. Basically, makes sense. So this, yeah. So they send Nicholas Cage over to Scotland, and they, he does manage to arrange a meeting in a remote Highland pub, <laughs> naturally, mm-hmm. with Mason's long forgotten brother. So Nicholas Cage is sat in a very quiet Scottish pub in the Highlands, mm-hmm. waiting, and then. The doors open and in walks Pierce Brosnan. It, oh, what were you going to say? I was going to, I, I, I thought you were going to go with someone Scottish. Like what, Billy Connolly? Yeah. Yeah, that good. would also be fun. Yeah. I was just thinking just do another Bond. Yep. And also, I mean, I know Pierce Brosnan is Irish, but I think I'd love to hear him do a Scottish accent. <laughs> I think it would be probably quite terrible. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Pierce Brosnan walks in and he, and he reveals that Mason did actually send him a copy of the, the secret file as mm-hmm. kind of security before he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but he, Claims he hasn't leaked a thing. He, he He's not the one who's been leaking this information. Mm. 
Before he can explain anything further, a SWAT team descends on the pub Ooh. and starts shooting. Nice. And so I'm thinking it's going to be a classic Michael Bay action scene. It's going to be, you know, again, I like the idea of the con- contrasting this with like a very remote little Irish pub with like two yeah. customers and a bunch of sheep outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's going to be like people crashing in through the windows. It's very hot fuzz. Yes, very much that. Mm. But like, yeah, there's going to be like F- SWAT teams crashing in through the windows, breaking down the doors, mm-hmm. bullets everywhere, just riddling the place. But somehow... Pierce Brosnan and Nicholas Cage, they managed to escape together. Mm-hmm. And they realize once they've managed to get away from the SWAT team that they have been double crossed. Mm. And actually the government has been using Nicholas Cage to draw Brosnan out of hiding so that then they could both be eliminated and tie up any loose ends. Mm-hmm. So the government was actually leaking their own secrets. Like they just did the least dangerous ones to kind of draw them out and Got then get rid of them to make sure that they could be finally eliminated. Yeah. Out of options, Nicolas Cage now agrees to work with Pierce Brosnan as they work on their craziest mission yet, to bring down the US government. Ooh, mm. nice. Yeah. And that's kind of as far as I've got with it. Mm-hmm. But I was definitely thinking that there needs to be some kind of reveal that the American government is being run by aliens. Yeah. That's got to be the final twist, yeah, basically. No, that's sure. why they've gone so evil, because mm-hmm. Roswell happened and, it, like, the top... I'm picturing the alien from The Simpsons. Yeah, I was thinking that. Like, they've, they've, yeah. they've, they've kind of taken the bodies of all the politicians, so mm-hmm. that the illusion of democracy, actually, it's the same evil aliens running no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I just like the idea of, you know, team up Cage with Pierce Brosnan, you know, another another classic Bond. I could mm-hmm. t- Hopefully, they'd have similarly good chemistry mm-hmm. and just send them off on a crazy far-fetched mission. Also running, working a bit at the Scottish Highlands just for a bit of a change of pace. So. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So okay. that was uh, The Rock 2, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Nice, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, I've got to say, John, after five years of doing this podcast, this is the closest we've come to the same idea. Really? Yeah. Okay, interesting. There are some definite differences, but we'll, okay. we'll, we'll see how we go on this. Mm-hmm. I feel like making a Bond... Have you done a Bond connection too, like a Pierce Brosnan thing? Yes. Okay, well, I feel like it's... A, it, yeah, it, it kind of writes itself. So, yeah. yeah. So this is called The Rock 2, A Hard Place. Okay. So immediately after the end of the original, Nicolas Cage is driving away with his pregnant girlfriend and he finds out who killed JFK on the film he found in the chapel. Mm-hmm. We get a reenactment of the tape. So it goes back to old-timey 1963 Ooh, okay. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe just like for hilarious reasons, it goes back way too old-timey just so it looks like a 20s bit of film. Sure, something. yeah. <laughs> just make it funny. Yeah. Anyway, so the film is showing JFK in his convertible, driving down the streets of Dallas, waving at the large crowds. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, there is a shot at the motorcade. The camera pans to the left to reveal the cameraman is standing on the, on the grassy knoll just next to a man who's just made that shot he's aiming a rifle at the car and he takes another few shots the camera pans back to the car to see jfk slump down as the car speeds away mm-hmm. so we've just witnessed the assassination of jfk mm-hmm. and we've seen who the shooter is right the man in the shots sean bean sean bean mm-hmm. not sean connery no. sean bean sean okay bean. so who's he who's he playing the final frame of the video is a profile of the shooter with details about him, such as ex-military, presumed dead... Oh, he's not Alec Trevelyan, is he? English, and the name, Alec Trevelyan. Oh, we got, you've gone for a full Bond crossover, okay. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Nicolas Cage has no idea who this person is, mm-hmm. but being a curious scientist or whatever he was, he really wants to find out. So, he does some Googling, and he finds that this man's face and variations of the name are attached to multiple conspiracies. There's like... The aliens in Roswell, there's the Denver airport thing, there's the co-pilot of Amelia Earhart, the fire extinguisher serviceman for Apollo 1. I'm really stretching here. Okay, so the, basically <laughs> Alec Trevelyan, Sean Bean, is, is the supervillain to end all supervillains. Everything bad that's ever happened, he's yes. had, had his fingers in it. Okay, Pretty much, yeah. 
Um, he nailed Jesus to the cross. I don't know. Oh my God, is he? <laughs> he's, he's been around. Sure. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, the man's name and his face are attached to everything. Mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage knows that this man needs stopping. Mm-hmm. So he goes back to Mason's daughter to try and track down Mason himself and ask about this Alec Trevelyan. Mm-hmm. She gives him an address where Mason has gone to live out the rest of his years. He's made a home for himself out in Yosemite, out far away from the city where he can just live off the land. Mm-hmm. And Nicolas Cage tracks him down, walks up to the porch of a log cabin and knocks on the door answering the door the role of the late sean connery is of course pierce brosnan oh okay so it's just going for that classic bond thing where you just inexplicably recast and never talk about it yeah cool i like it yeah i mean if you want to have a bit of fun you could do pierce brosnan doing a sean connery impression that could be fun yeah not just doing a scottish accent doing sean connery i like that yeah anyway so nicholas cage comes in and asks about alec trevelyan Mm -hmm. ah yes alec 006 a good spy who lost his way well who was he he was a spy for MI5 like me who got selfish. I chased him with a tank once, but he destroyed my tank with an exploding train that he flew out of in a helicopter. <laughs> wow, that sounds cinematic. It was. Ultimately, he is a gun for hire. And yes, he killed JFK, which is, I'm sure, what brought you here. I can't help you get him. I'm old and I need to retire. That's basically Piss Brosnan done for the movie. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. That's a brief cameo. <laughs> So Nicolas Cage takes his information about Sean Bean being ex-military spy and goes home to continue his research and post about it on the conspiracy forums. Oh, wow. Which are all heating up since Nicolas Cage revealed who shot JFK. Wow. Conspiracies are the new social media. Absolutely, yeah. There is one person on the forums who's particularly interested and wants to meet up with Nicolas Cage to show him some other evidence of other conspiracies that he's got. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have to do it in person just for, you know, um, internet safety reasons. Uh-huh. So they agree to meet in a coffee shop. Nicholas Cage's wife has uh, has had the baby now. Okay. Um, so he he's he's actually a father. But today's Nicholas Cage's day to look after the baby while she goes to work. <laughs> so he puts the baby into a daycare. Um, daycare's called like a soft place or something. Everything's soft. It's all child friendly. Okay. And he meets up with this mystery person from the forums, and wouldn't you know it, it's Sean Bean again. Oh, okay. Nicholas Cage is shocked. But before he can run away, Sean Bean tells him, "If you want to see your wife and daughter alive again, I'd stay where you are." Ooh. What do you want from me? Revenge. <laughs> for what? Leaking that footage. Since you revealed to the world that I shot JFK, my life has become a living hell. I was just following orders on that day, and now everyone says I'm the villain. Well, aren't, aren't you the villain? Well, yes, but not publicly. Anyway, revenge. <laughs> As revenge for leaking that footage and ruining my villainous retirement, I'm going to give you an impossible choice. I've abducted your wife and stranded her on the rock that is Alcatraz with those weird poison things. And your baby isn't in your favourite soft place daycare. They're in your least favourite daycare. A hard place. Oh no! I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. Oh, very good. That's that's it. Okay. <laughs> so what, what's the hard place? It's just the name of a dodgy it's the name daycare. Of a, so, so his wife is on Alcatraz and his baby's in a crap daycare. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> truly a Sophie's choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I can see that, okay. <laughs> so, uh, that's that. Okay. That's uh, The Rock 2, a hard place. I can see how, I can see how you got there, yeah. A long walk again. But, uh, I, like the idea. I, like the, I like the Bond callbacks. Call mm-hmm. I, def- I definitely like having Alec Trevelyan <clears throat> yeah. back. Are we, are we not going to bother explaining how he survived being dropped onto a satellite at the end of Goldeneye? No? I tried to at one point, but I just, I, just I, 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 I did, it didn't yeah. have it in me. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. We can, we yeah. can wave that. Over. I gave this idea about 20%. That's fair enough. <laughs> it's fine. We're both very tired. <laughs> cool. So that was uh, 
that was your sequel. Um, mm-hmm. Should we move on to listener submissions? Yes, please. Fantastic. So we have a handful this week. Uh, Andrew Kelsey said, The Rock of Ages, a Michael Bay musical. That's a way better title. What am I think of that? Mm-hmm. Featuring the tunes of Limp Biscuit, Kid Rock, Nickelback, and other subtle classics. Oh. <laughs> That'd be a very Michael Bay soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kayla McKenzie said, Recast Sean Connery with Nicolas Cage. Cage on Cage. The Rock 2, Cage on Cage. Yeah, sure. So which Stuart Shields replied, recast all the characters as Nicolas Cage, Island of Cages. <laughs> so every single role is played by Nicolas Cage, just a full, full on acting showcase for Nicolas Cage. Sure, yeah, that could be fun. Everything, even the FBI agents, the gay hairdresser, mm-hmm. the lot. Rob Bennett said, maybe Alcatraz is where all the Bonds get sent after recasting. Maybe. So like, maybe, the, maybe like... Um, you got well, Timothy Dalton, Timothy there, Dalton, Roger George Moore. Lazenby, Roger Moore. They're all, they're all down in the in the in, they're all down there with no identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Daniel Craig's just Daniel Craig's just on, on his way, just checking in on the yeah. boat. Andy Smith said the role, the Rock Two, the role. Cage and Connery's latest daring break-in involves New York City's most highly fortified bakery. <laughs> uh, Gary Mills said Connery's dead. Bring on Travolta. I mean, can I can I just go back to that last the one? role? Is, yeah, is that not? Rock and roll is that is that is that not what we're going for there? No, I think he was going for roll as in a bread roll. You know, I get it. Yeah, but like the title, rock and surely roll, yeah. rock and roll. Yeah, well, no. I know, I'm sure that's where it came from. But well, maybe it's a musical bakery. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess like you could say rock is the first one, roll is the second one. Yeah, I think I, I, I think that's what he was going for. So, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it matters. <laughs> I'm not sure this podcast matters. John. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Keith Reddick said it turns out JFK was murdered by Mason by Sean Connery. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Mm-hmm. Who was a supervillain all along. Mm-hmm. Racked with guilt, Cage dedicates the rest of his life to hunting him down and bringing him to justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that could be good. It's like Sean Connery was trolling Nicolas Cage the whole time. And yeah, actually what... I mean, it absolutely makes sense because mm. he was in prison for what, 30 years? Yeah. And this film was 1996. Mm. So that would be 66 that he went into prison, which was three years after the assassination. Yeah. So he lines up. It absolutely does. Okay, mm. That could be interesting. And finally, Steve from the Everything I Learned About Movies podcast said, Stanley Goodspeed is once again needed to stop a biological threat based on Alcatraz, which still has very lax security. (laughs) So he's appointed by the director of the FBI to lead an elite SEAL team led by Dwayne Johnson. It's called Rock Rocks the Rock with the Rock. (laughs) (laughs) Or The Rock 2 Avalanche. Nice. (laughs) Avalanche. (laughs) Very, very good. So thank you everybody for those sequel ideas. We ask you for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by posting posts on Facebook and Twitter, where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. Mm -hmm. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, in all of which you can also leave us a review if you so wish. And Harry, what are we doing next week? Well, next week we are continuing our St. Nicholas Cage Miss little season. Uh, in fact, we're concluding it, mm-hmm. and we are going to do a little film called The Wicker Man. Ooh, interesting. Uh, yeah, it's a, obviously it's a remake of a very famous 60s movie, but mm-hmm. uh, what the hell? We're near the end. We're going to bend the rules again a little bit. It's a movie we've definitely... We've done remakes before. We've probably we? done remakes before, yeah. But uh, also, you know, it's a good time. It's it, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll have lots to discuss. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, listeners, join us next week for the concluding part of our St. Nicholas Cage trilogy, The Wicker Man. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you very See much. See you next time. Bye. Bye.
Womack. Who is your best chemical biological man?